my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a terrific week. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my brother, Aaron Bandler. Always a great time talking to Aaron. Uh, and we covered a lot. Uh, we discussed uh, Speaker McCarthy, actually, against all odds, actually uh, accomplishing quite a bit so far and stepping up to the plate. Uh, we talked about the United States and our allies uh, giving tanks to the Ukrainians. Uh, we talked about the Democrats' bench problem and, and where I think they're going to turn in 2024, um, and a bunch of other stuff. I think you guys will like it. Before we get to Aaron, if you haven't already, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an Apple user, please take a few seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great. Aaron Bandler. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Aaron Bandler. Aaron, how you been, man? Doing pretty good. How about you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, my brother. So uh, before we get to politics, uh, you were at both of the uh, – everybody who's listened to the podcast for a while knows you're like the world's biggest 49ers fan and Bay, <laughs> Bay Area sports fan generally. But uh, you were at both of these playoff games, man. How are you feeling about your team against the Eagles this week? Yeah, um, I, I, will, I would put it as, like, cautiously optimistic. I mean, the Eagles are favored. Uh, but I think it's like two and a half, um, and I, I, which I think is a reasonable line. Um, you know, they, the Eagles have always seemed like the team to beat all year. Um, so, but I, 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 I think the Niners are probably the only team in the NFC that are uniquely positioned to potentially beat the Eagles. Um, not saying they will, but they, they, they have the, the tools to do it. The reason why I say that is because the one, one of Philly's few weaknesses is that like they have the 21st strength run defense. Um, the Niners obviously are a team that likes to run the ball. And if you look at the, at, at the game in which the Washington commanders beat the Eagles, they ran the ball 49 times to, and um, you know, and the Niners certainly can do that. Uh, you know, just because not just they have Christian McCaffrey, obviously, but you know they got Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, uh, and so forth. You know, but a lot of guys that can run the ball. So, you know, it, it's basically the the death by a thousand paper cuts strategy, where they just you know, keep uh, keep moving the chains on, on the ground, you know, keep chewing up the clock, and keeping the ball away from uh, you know Jalen Hurts and exposed to Philly offense. Um, so we'll see. Dude, I've watched the last play of the Cowboys game, like. A hundred times because it's hilarious. How hilarious was that play live? Oh, that was hysterically funny. I started watching in real time. <laughs> you know, I, I I was just like, what? Like, wow, really? Like that's that's it. Like that that, that, that was your last move to, to try and save your season. And, and we and we look, but and, and of course at the time, you know, I'm 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 there. So like, I don't I don't see everything that happened. Um, I once I, I didn't even realize that Zeke was the one stabbing the ball <laughs> until after where my dad was. What was laughing about it and telling and telling us, um, and I, I I think the strategy was that um, they they were trying to I guess do like a lateral play because that was the only that was the only chance they had, but of course like it, it got throttled easily because if if you watch if you watch the play like after Zeke stamps the ball 
he gets completely trucked over by, by a linebacker named Aziz Alshire, who, who's really good. But, but, like, but like almost immediately, he's just, like, flattened, you know? And so by the time, like, Dak gets the ball, ball out to, um, I think it was Turbin, right? Um, like, like Jimmy Ward, like, gets the ball to Turbin, you know, Zeke's on the ground, and Jimmy Ward, the Niners defensive back, is, like, right there and just, like, pounds him down on the ground. And that's it. It's Dude, just, I... The thing is, like... It's just so funny. The, there's no way that that play worked. Oh, yeah. Like, like, it didn't work. There's no way that worked in practice. You know what I mean? Like, it's fun. Like, <laughs> it's like, and you know, they you know how, like, practice. like, they spend time in practice working on that play. Just why? But, like, how did that? There's no way. It's like, I can't imagine that ever working under any scenario. It's like, oh, yeah. You know how, like, like lefty college students would be like, you know, like, communism's great on paper, but it doesn't work in <laughs> yeah. practice. But it's like, no, 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 it doesn't. Like, killing all your political opponents and stealing property doesn't work on paper either. It's like, that play did not work on paper. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that didn't work. Like on paper, that seems just as stupid as it did in real life. Like it doesn't. <laughs> oh my gosh! But you know, like we're both Cowboys haters, so yeah, know, I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy watching that, um, dude. So all right, world of politics, a ton to get to as always. I gotta start. You know, I we have a lot of negative stuff, horrifying, terrible stuff to talk about on the podcast as always. That's our mo. But let's start it on a positive note. Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House so far has impressed me a little bit. You know, he's he's trying to show us that he uh, that he has his big boy pants on, which honestly I did not expect. Um, a, a corporate journalist, I, I didn't even care to check who, but it was harassing him yesterday about kicking Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee, and he absolutely humiliated this this journalist. He explained very clearly that Adam Schiff, you know, used his his position as chairman of that committee to lie to the American people and to disrupt American elections, and that obviously Swalwell was banging a Chinese spy and can't be trusted <laughs> yeah. with classified information. Both completely valid, totally true. It's obvious that neither of these two men should be walking around free, let alone have access to classified intelligence. But yeah, man, it is a little surprising, but it's great to see, at least so far, uh, McCarthy standing up for himself and for the people. Yeah, and I think it's also worth mentioning that he's also kicking Ilhan Omar off the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Oh, but it's right, also right. A, a big move because you know she's she's an Israel hater, she's an anti-Semite, you know, and said things like you know Israel hypnotized the world, you know, she, and uh, saying that um, that 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 uh, that support for Israel is the result of dual loyalty, meaning that Jews are more loyal to Israel than to the United States. So that that's a long time uh, anti-Semitic trope that dates back centuries. Um, and and she's also said she's also put Israel and America on on the same moral equivalency wavelength as Hamas and the Taliban, which is like mind-bogglingly stupid. Um, so this is not somebody who who should be serving on uh, really any committee, but especially not not the Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, and Kevin McCarthy's right to, to to boot her off of it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I, I I can't imagine. Like what McCarthy's doing by, by kicking these people off these committees, I can't imagine this happening under under Boehner, uh, under Ryan. No. Um. So yeah, it's it's it, it's refreshing and welcome change of pace. And you know, I think that I I I think that people who thought McCarthy was going to be Boehner or Ryan 2.0, I I think really sort of um didn't under wasn't quite following him closely. Uh, during the Trump years, because I thought that McCarthy actually did a good job 
uh, sticking up for Trump amidst relentless attacks on Democrats. Yeah, and you know, I don't know. It, 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 quite honestly, it doesn't matter to me whether it's him just trying to, you know, make his own name with the Republican base, you know, to impress Republican voters to try to, you know, it, maybe he is this this man without principle, just a weather vane, you know, moving with the center of the party and just trying to appease people. I don't care. <laughs> like just yeah. like if he's doing the right things, I really don't care. I don't trust any of these people as far as I can throw them. So like, I don't even really care what his motivations are. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's as simple as he's just tired of being punched in the mouth by the left over and over. And he's just finally grew a backbone. Like, I don't know. I mean, like I don't, I don't care why, as long as he's getting things done. And you know, he also appointed a, a, a subcommittee to investigate the weaponization of the federal government, which is the greatest threat facing the American people by yeah. far. Um, the FBI, the CIA, the, you know, the quote-unquote deep state, uh, which are basically just the the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. I mean, they exist. Like the FBI, these people exist to destroy Republicans, to to hurt Republicans, to to lock up Republicans. So, I mean, this is the most important thing uh, the the congressional Republicans can be doing. Um, and he made Jim Jordan the chairman. Uh, and he also put both Thomas Massey and Chip Roy on this committee. And there's a bunch of clowns on the committee, too. But, hey, well, man, sure. I mean, th- those three are some dogs, though. So, <laughs> I mean, like, at the very least, I think they're going to try to expose the American people to the predations of people like the FBI, and or at least I hope so. Um, and obviously, I'm as always, I'm keeping my expectations low, but sure. uh, at least they're making an effort. At least they put this committee together. And, and guys like Jordan and Massey and Roy, I mean, th- they are pit bulls, man. Like, they're not going to roll over for the press, you know, for the left, like most of these people do. So I think that's definitely a, a positive development. Absolutely. And, and I think like the, the whole scandal involving the Biden classified documents, I, I think that this all came to light because the Biden team was preparing for investigations and subpoenas from from these House committees. Because it's because, because it's all, it's all came to light because because Biden's lawyers were, you know, going going through the documents and, and then found them. And it's like, well, why would they? Well, why would they be doing that unless, like, they were expecting, you know, House Republicans to start subpoenaing, 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 sorry, subpoenaing documents, right? Um, and you know, so you know, and and, and that's really the importance. So that was always the importance of making sure that McCarthy was um, elected to speaker sooner rather than later. Is just because like, we need to get these investigations rolling. You know, I mean, obviously the body classified document stuff is is important, but there's also um, you know, we need to get to the bottom of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. We need to get to the bottom of COVID. And and if we were funding, um, and basically if we were funding COVID through the, or sorry, the funding, the creation of COVID through gain-of-function research, um, these have been, like these House committees and the investigations are so very important. And, and and so and that's why it's so encouraging that, as you said, you know, we have some dogs on on these committees, and. That to me was always the strongest argument for McCarthy as speaker is that like he I I've heard no illusions about McCarthy in the sense like he he's not Mr. Conservative, you know I mean he's certainly not a Jim Jordan or a Chip Roy but he gives guys like Jim Jordan and Chip Roy a seat at the table, um, which is something that Boehner or Ryan never did or right. never would do. So um and, and, so, and so far he has followed through with his um with with, with his pledges and. Uh, you know, but that just means that we have to continue to be vigilant and make sure that he's held accountable um, to make sure that he doesn't, you know, back down and miss pressure, you know, because he's obviously 
has been facing a lot of pressure will continue to do so um, as as um, this congressional term unfolds. So, you know, all the more reason to make sure, you know, the whole speech to the fire. And um, we'll, we'll see what these uh, what these dogs can do on, on these committees. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the the danger, why, you know, why former, uh, you know, speakers haven't given, you know, some of the, the actual principled right wingers power is because it is dangerous, you know, for the speaker, because if, you know, if you give a guy like Thomas Massey or Chip Roy power, I mean, they're not just going to. I mean, they're not going to shut up about it. You know what I mean? They're not, yeah. they're not going to stop, you know, because those, at least those couple guys are principled right wingers. I mean, they, they do have a, a moral backbone um, and, and they're not going to just roll over and, and let these things go. So, yeah, man, it would be interesting. I, I definitely think there's some progress to be made here. Um, we we got to talk about the latest out of the war in Ukraine. And I'm glad you're on the podcast today, man, because you're not. Um, a fellow libertarian who just agrees with me about everything, <laughs> you know, like you and I do <laughs> yeah. disagree on some foreign policy stuff, not, not everything, but you know, we have some disagreements, but um, yeah, this week, man, it is a major escalation in the war in Ukraine. Both the, the Germans and the Poles are, are sending Ukraine uh, leopard tanks. The Brits are sending some of their challenger tanks. And then the Biden regime apparently is going to green light uh, sending 30 M1 Abrams tanks um, to Ukraine. This is this is terrifying, man, because it is an escalation. The U.S. is officially I mean, we, we have been in a proxy war with Russia for over, you know, for a year now almost. Um, but we're officially in a proxy war with Russia. You can't now that we're sending tanks, you're, you, you can't deny what is that reality is what it is. OK, you know, there's a lot of fancy ways to deny that we were in this proxy war. There's no denying it now. Um American crews are going to be on the ground because Ukrainians don't know how to use these tanks. They certainly don't know how to maintain them. Um, so, you know, there are going to be hundreds of American boots on the ground, um, which obviously if, if any of those guys die, God forbid, you know, the, the press starts beating the war drums, the Pentagon starts beating the war drums. I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot of ways where this could turn horrifically bad very quickly. Yeah, so I mean, I kind of have one or two minds about it. Like, I'm a big believer in Reagan's case through strength principle, and I think uh, this is certainly like a stronger uh, military presence is generally good uh, for for the world. And I think there is a legitimate American interest in making sure that Ukraine doesn't fall to Russia. Um, so, but at the same time, like, I I don't think boots on the ground are are, are that's necessary here. So I guess the question is like, are, are the, it's just for training purposes, or they actually go out and fight with, with the Ukrainians? Because if it's if it's the former, then okay, as long as they're at a harm's way, fine, you know. But if they are being put in harm's way, that's a different story. Um, and and again, the main and my, my my main thing about Ukraine aid is that while I do generally support it, the question is like, where's the offer? You know, I, I mean, we can't be giving Ukraine aid to the Ukrainians like you know for the rest of time. Um, and it certainly can't be like, and a stipulation can't be that we just keep giving them aid until Ukraine falls because, or sorry, until Putin's beaten, because Putin isn't going to be beaten just because that Ukrainian army is just not, it doesn't have the capacity to outright, you know, defeat Putin's empire. But um, there, what, what, what I think needs to be done is that there needs to, there needs to be a way to sort of um, force the Russians into like, it's like a ceasefire to make sure that ceasefire is upheld you know it's 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 like this can't be a war to end it's like it it can't be a war to end putin it, it's just like it's to try and make it so russia will, will be neutered and 
and we'll, we'll hold off on attacking Ukraine for, for, for at least a brief period of time. Um, and then it's on the West to make sure that that they wrap up their respective, um, you know, their respective militaries and sanctions and, and support to make to make clear to Russia that like, yeah, like don't do this again. Because and what was interesting is that I, I, I think we talked about this before, but like this would have never happened if Trump had been reelected. And the New York Post reported, and I, I guess you can take take this for what it's worth, because but. Uh, but it was reported by the New York Post that, that Trump actually started to bomb Moscow if Putin ever like, even thought about attacking Ukraine. And the thing is, 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 is that threats like that work if, if your opponents think you're going to follow through. And with Trump, it's like, you know, Trump is a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a wild card, a loose cannon. So it's like you, you don't know, like, what he's going to say or do next. But that but there's some value in that because. If you're, you know, if, if you're Putin and Trump says like, hey, you know, you better not do this or else I'm going to bomb you, you're about to think to yourself, well, I don't know. Could he do that? Can't can take that risk. So, um, you know, so I, I think so, the, so I guess the point I'm making is, is, is that like if the West gets serious about making clear that, that they're going to stand up and do what's necessary to to um. I guess uh, to, to act as a deterrent to Putin, then that's ultimately how you get peace in that region. I just don't think. I mean, the Biden administration were preventing the right. Ukrainians from negotiating with Putin back right. last, yeah, yeah. last spring. Said no, we don't want negotiations. We just want to beat Russia. So I mean, the Biden regime—that's what they want. They want yeah this major war with Russia. They want Putin to surrender. That's never going to happen. And you can't. We weren't even offering. Any sane leader would be offering Putin an off-ramp every day through through back channels. That, yeah. well, what is it going to take to stop this? That's gone now, forever. I mean, we're sending battle tanks into a war zone and American crews to help maintain them. I mean, there's no, there is no off-ramp. Like, Putin, how could Putin even go back and and, accept, and, and convince his own people to, to back off? I mean, it's like... I don't know, man. I think we're on razor's edge here. I mean, one wrong move, and this could escalate into something really bad, something that we can't walk back. Um, and and a side note, you know, there's a there's a. I don't even know why they wanted tanks so badly. I mean, I, the Russians proved early in this war that tanks were pretty much ineffective in this style of urban combat. They lost hundreds of tanks um, when they tried to invade Kiev. But M1 tanks. Just a side note here. U.S. Army is instructed to destroy these tanks if they're ever disabled in battle. Okay, the Russians would love to get their hands on this technology, and we're essentially handing it to them. They're going to get their hands on some of these tanks. It's like, I, I don't know why you would want to, like, one, why would you want to risk nuclear war by escalating, but why would you want to hand Putin our some of our best technology to begin with? It makes no sense. And then, you know, this morning, I, I just read a report, half of Zelensky's cabinet, in, in, including one of his uh, defense secretaries, all had to resign. Um, this week due to corruption scandals, stealing money from the war effort, you know, which we all knew this was happening because it's Ukraine, one of the most corrupt governments on the planet. I mean, this isn't yeah. England. This isn't England. You, you know what I mean? This isn't yeah. like uh, an al a Western ally who we can kind of trust or, you know, it, it's not like that. These are corrupt oligarchs taking U.S. taxpayer money and profiting off of it. I mean, this isn't, and, and you know, we're in the middle of like this debt ceiling fight that the 
country's almost 32 trillion in debt. We have no money. We're facing 40-year highs in terms of inflation. Eggs are seven dollars a dozen. I mean, it's like yeah. we can't afford this. Half the money is going into these politic Ukrainian oligarchs' pockets, not even going to the war effort. You know, this war is getting bloodier and bloodier on both sides. Why why escalate now? I mean, we should be pushing for peace. We should be trying to get concessions. And the Ukrainians are, if this war is ever going to end, the Ukrainians are going to have to give something up, whether it's Crimea or the Donbass region or whatever. Like, each side has to give something up. That's how this works. Like, nobody comes away from this happy because it's war. This isn't a game. Like, nobody, you don't just win the lottery here, man. Like, everybody loses something. And I just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're making negotiation impossible, at least in the near future, with sending tanks. I mean, I, that was all, that had been the line, even from the Pentagon, for months and months. No, we're not sending tanks. No, we're not sending tanks. Well, my goodness, like, have, I, haven't we already escalated this enough? Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I do not have a good feeling about this. You better pray that, you know, all the, all the Western media is reporting that Putin's losing his mind, that he has Parkinson's, that he's crazy, unhinged. Well, you better pray that he's not as unhinged as the media says he is. Because if he's going to drop a tactical nuke, now would be the time. Now would be the time. So, I don't know. I, I hope Putin isn't as unhinged as, as our, our journalist class would, would lead us to believe. Right. Um Right. So I think that the corruption stuff is just goes to show why there does need to be an audit done of the of the aid to Ukraine. And yeah, I mean Ukraine's been corrupt for a long time. I mean, you know, all the all this this Hunter Biden scandals have been have well in part involved, you know, yeah, dealings with the Ukrainian government. So yeah, they 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 they, they are corrupt, and I think it, I think an audit's necessary to make to for you know for the reasons you just described. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it is a it certainly is a concern that like a year from now we could be in World War Three. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I wish I had a good answer as, as to why the Biden administration is escalating now. Maybe it's political for political reasons. Maybe it's just you know Biden himself has has lost his mind too. You know, because um, yeah. uh, obviously as we all know, like he's hasn't been all there for quite some time. So yeah, and yeah. when the president isn't there, obviously Kamala Harris is, doesn't have a seat at the table. I don't think those two like each other very much, and she isn't very bright anyway. Um, but, you know, with with a incapacitated president, it's the CIA and the Pentagon um, running the show, and they're always going to push for escalation because that's what they do. I mean, that's what generals do. That's what defense contractors do. That's what the CIA does. And if they see a problem, their answer is kill people <laughs> You know, because that's what they're good at. They, they're good at bombing. Mm-hmm. They're good at sending tanks. They're good at spending money. They're good at killing people. That's not always the answer. That's rarely the answer, uh, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't see the off-ramp there. I don't see what we could offer Putin at this point as we're sending M1 tanks. Where is the off-ramp? Like, where? how can we de-escalate this? I just don't. I don't see it, man. I don't know. You pray for peace and you hope for the best, but I don't know. It's Yeah. It's not a great situation. Either, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, electing a man with, with Alzheimer's. Not not great. Yeah. I mean, this isn't not a game, great. you know, like and, and Democrats felt great about it. We don't care. I mean, I, I hear from it. I hear from friends of mine. I don't care. Yeah, I know dementia. You know, I know the man has dementia. I know he's terrible. I know he's this and that. But I don't care because I hate Trump. Well, well, the world's a, a scary place, man. <laughs> the world, it, It's a big world. It's a dangerous world out there. And, and unfortunately, the government is so powerful that if you have a, a brain dead man operating it, and the, the chief executive has so much power that if you have a man like Biden in that office, people die. 
You saw it in yeah. Afghanistan. You're seeing it now. Um, so I mentioned this uh, before I let you go, man. I mentioned this on Monday, uh, and I have a piece coming out for Washington Examiner talking about this. But right. I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I'm calling it early, and you and I both are terrible with our predictions. <laughs> so, but it's not going <laughs> to stop us from making them, obviously. Sure. Um, but I'm calling it early that I do believe the Democrats are going to dump Biden and move on to somebody like Gretchen Whitmer. And she's actually my prediction uh, for the Democrats nominee in 2024. Um, it, it's, you know, they, the journalist class had high hopes for Harris, had high hopes for Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg somehow became the worst transportation secretary of all time. I mean, that's a job that I would have said beforehand that nobody could screw up, but he managed to find a way. Kamala <laughs> yeah. Harris is talking about Venn diagrams and the passage of time and all this. I mean, the woman has, I mean, she has a couple screws loose. You know, I mean, she's just not it. I mean, like, Bernie Sanders is a thousand years old. Elizabeth Warren is never coming back from pretending to be an Indian. Yeah. Gavin Newsom, your governor, I don't know, man. Like, California is a giant pile of human feces at this point. <laughs> I mean, that Literally. crime, you know, and obviously the fact that he's this, this just squirrely, straight white guy, you know, like he's just not a likable guy. Obviously, the Dems play identity politics. I think they would go with somebody like Whitmer. I mean, she checks all the boxes. She's unspeakably corrupt. She, you know, the hypocrisy. The, Demo the Democrats like this stuff. Like, they like that she was a complete tyrant that didn't let people buy seeds for their garden yeah. during COVID. I mean, that's like a, that's a positive if you're a Democrat for some reason. Um, you know, they're, they're fine with looking past the, the slaughtering thousands of old people in nursing homes like they did with Cuomo. Um, they're fine with all that stuff. And obviously she, she won a state that Trump won in 2016. Um, if she is the nominee, they don't really have to worry about spending money in Michigan, which would free up a lot of money to, to hammer Ohio and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. Um, she's a woman. You know, and she she said on TikTok uh, she calls women uh, people with periods. So you know she's a person with a period. So that that that's important if you're a Democratic primary voter. I don't know, man. Well, what do you think about my prediction, Gretchen Whitmer? Um, well, I'm still of the mind that 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 that, that they're going to stick with Biden just because I don't think they have any other options. The reason why I say that is because when we talk when the media coverage over the Biden classified documents, yeah, I it, mean it, it's they're covering it, but there's also a lot of excuses being made. That it's like, well, you know, he didn't mean. Take his document and tell him he didn't know. It's and then like, oh, it's not like Trump, who you know, it, it was not like he classified documents. So he he's he, he obstructed. Um, and so I, I mean, you can't like you know, like and in some cases, like they're they're claiming that Biden has had the power to classify documents as vice president, which no, 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 no. <laughs> that's that, not, that not how the Constitution works. Um, but. The president, like uh, Trump, uh, Trump, Trump is president. He has the ability to class classify docs, and that's, you know, that, that, that's the key point that they miss, but that they're they won't acknowledge. But 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 the point I'm making is like it's because because the media, the Democrats are by are, are by by and large making excuses for Biden over this makes me think that they're sticking with him for now. You know, I, I mean, could he could, could this become too much of a liability down the road to where they end up like homoing him and throw him throw him under the bus? Sure. It could happen. I just think it depends how committed they are to trying to send Trump to prison. Because, like, if they indict Trump and they really try to prosecute Trump for the document stuff, they just how do they get away with sticking with Biden? They don't. Or maybe they do. Or maybe maybe they just the, the Democratic Party goes full, like, flex their muscles 
to the like th- in a threatening way to the American public. Like, yes, our our base, they're a bunch of robots. They'll do whatever we want. We're straight up fascists. We're going to prosecute our political opponents as we're doing the same things they're doing out in public, right in your face. Suck my dick. Deal with it. I mean, they could do that. I mean, maybe. But I don't think I think it would be safer for them electorally if they do really want to go hard after Trump to also throw Biden under the bus because, like, independent voters are not going to— Like, honestly, I do think most Democrats are kind of a lost cause at this point. They're just going to get in line and vote for whoever the party is. The capital P party. Like, the Democratic Party is a capital P party. You know what I mean? The Republican Party is not. So, and— I, but independent, I, I I don't think independents would take that laying down the way that Democrat voters would, and you still need, thank goodness, independents to to win the presidency in this country. So, like, I don't know, maybe they just say, you know, to try to save Biden, they they choose not to really go as hard as they want to after Trump. But like, how is the base going to respond to that? They're so obsessed with Trump, they're so committed to this fantasy that like Trump's going to go to jail. I think it's not going to happen. But like, well, they're I, so I, committed I, to it. That's presenting an interesting conundrum for, for the Democrats, but at the end of the day, when it comes to the Democrat Party base, I mean, they just hate not just Trump, but, but like all Republicans so much. Yeah. That 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 like it would still Biden in 2024. Like they're they're still to come out in droves to support him because you know because because you know they they, they view Trump as Hitler and they view DeSantis as worse than Trump, um, and so it's um. You know, I, I I think that's what would happen in the end. It's most likely they, they stick with Biden because the other options aren't available. But if they are say that because the other options aren't as aren't as good. But um, but if they were to dump Biden, certainly Whitmer would, would make sense. Um, but only because there's like almost no one else that 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 that, that would even come close to being yeah, a viable alternative. Their bench is pretty weak. I mean, it's yeah. you know. It's all the same retreads. I mean, like the Bernie Sanders types. But I mean, the man's ninety. Yeah. He's got. I don't know how old Bernie is, but he's got to be in his late eighties at this point. He's yeah, old as the hills. Uh, but man, I the country does deserve. And I, you know, I I wrote a piece about this too after the midterms that um like none of the lockdown governors were punished. Like nobody, like yeah. nobody who was an absolute tyrant that locked down their state was punished at all. All these people won re-election. Um, and I'm still of the mind that. <laughs> What we saw in 2020, I mean, this is the greatest expansion of government power ever. I mean, Mm -hmm. since the Federal Reserve, you know, since Woodrow Wilson, um, probably even more so than the New Deal, to be honest, probably even worse than FDR in in terms of like we literally handed the full authority of the federal government to Anthony Fauci. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Fired millions of people for not taking an experimental vaccine. And then governors were literally sending men with guns on the streets to make sure you didn't leave your house. Cops were arresting pastors for holding church services. Uh, yeah. And and I would love, I, I believe the country deserves a presidential debate between Ron DeSantis and Gretchen Whitmer. A good governor and a wicked monster. <laughs> Just like put them on on television live and let them debate. This is what I did during COVID. This is what I did during COVID. Debate it. Like she just she, the the American people deserve to watch that to see it in plain English. I pointed guns at your head, and made you stay in your house because I hate you and I want you to be a slave. And then DeSantis saying I didn't do that because I don't hate you and I don't want the government yeah. to run your life. You know what I mean? Like I think that is the matchup that America deserves. You know? 
Yeah, I 100% agree. I, 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 I think we do need, you do need a, a debate uh, on that. And I think that it's, it's important for the reasons we get through, as you said. Um, but, uh, but also, I think it's because I, I think so many, there's still some people out there that don't really understand how disastrous these lockdowns were because the lockdowns yeah. really did, did nothing to stop the spread of COVID. You know, nothing days stop the spread turned into, you know, stay inside your house forever. And unfortunately, there are still people who, especially here in California, there are people who are just like perpetually afraid. There's still people who wear masks outside uh, here in California. It's ridiculous, you know, but, 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 but some people have, the people were scared into, um, were basically scared into servitude. You know, yeah. it's it, it, over um, over Fauci at all sphere mongering. And Trump is not the right person to really argue against that because no, he was no, the no, one no. that basically gave Fauci and Burks a platform to do this to begin with. He allowed it so, to happen. He allowed it to happen. And, you know, he, he allowed can't... it to happen. And, and remember when Brian Kemp, governor of, of Georgia, when he... He was one of the first governors to open up his state, you know, and like twenty twenty, and Trump went after him. He attacked him for it. So yeah, there's there's there 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 is no way Trump could really hold uh, Democrats accountable in a Trump, debate. Trump attacked Republican governors for not acting like Democrats. I mean, yeah, that's what it was. I mean, like he can't. He has no leg to stand on here at all. For the most important, I, mean, I, I don't know. I guess there. I mean, there's a war with a nuclear power involved going on in Europe right now. So I guess that's the most important issue globally. But like when it comes to domestic policy, like COVID regime is the most like the most important thing American voters can do and our elected officials can do is make sure this never happens again. Mm -hmm. Like make sure government, you know, the government does not have the authority to do what it did to us in 2020 ever again. Because we're not, we haven't scratched the surface. And like, like you mentioned a second ago, we don't even know how bad the destruction caused by these lockdowns are going to be. We we don't even know what these kids are going to be like. Yeah. Like, I, I have a nephew who's, you know, speech delayed and learning delayed because of all this. I, it's like, we don't even know the damage yet. Like we don't know, you know, the, the suicides, you know, all the, the depression, the anxiety, all of this stuff. Like we don't even know the full ramifications of what they did to us yet. It might take a decade or more to fully grasp the destruction brought about by by government action over covid I mean, this is the most yeah. important issue going on you know like it's yeah man i know yeah, yeah. I, you know, dennis prager uh he, he uh I, I still remember how in 2020 he, he wrote um a cover story for the for, for the jewish journal they're calling the lockdowns like the greatest greatest mistake in human history they came under a lot of fire from that but but i think at this point i i i think he i I think he's probably correct. I think the important thing is is is, is I'm talking about mistake. You know, it's it's uh, you know the word mistake is a key word there because because presumably you know these people's intentions were good at least initially to try and stop their COVID, although it ended up turning into just you know a massive tyrannical power grab. You know, so uh, so yeah, because it, it, it's like as you said, like you know, like the 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 suicides, the depression, the drug overdoses. You know, all, all the lost jobs, you know, the, the speech delays with kids and, and so forth. Also just and also just the social delays with kids, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, we're going to be feeling this for, for years to come, years and years and years and years to come. It and also transformed it, it transformed major parts of the economy, too, because it destroyed it small did. businesses. 
you know, t- ton millions of small businesses ended forever. At least hundreds of thousands did. Um, and it just centralized all the economic power in these major corporations, mostly multinational corporations. And then conveniently for the left, which is why they were pushing this so hard, um, those major corporations are easily manipulated by the left. Um, oh, sure. So now everyone is employed by a major corporation, w- which is beholden to leftist politicians. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. that shift destroyed so much of the right's political power in this country. Because it all like the all all the power structures were centralized around these institutions that the left is easily controlling. It's like, man, we don't even know. I mean, and then not to mention just training a generation of American workers to basically behave like communists. Just sit around and wait for the government to hand you stuff. Nobody wants to work anymore. People, I mean, you see, like, you know, every, you know, like Taylor Lorenz and all these journalists who haven't been to work in two years are like, it's, 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 it's Nazism that they want me to go back to the office. Yeah, it's like the fascists. It's like there's an entire generation of Americans that just won't ever work again unless they can like sit on their couch and drink wine while they're doing it. It's like, man, I don't even know. Like, we're gonna be dealing with the ramifications for for a generation, man. Like, we. I, I think it's also worth noting that that all this public stuff led to. Universal mail-in balloting and expansion of early yes. voting, yes. and that and that is a huge problem. And I think you know, obviously, like the midterms, there were a lot of things that went wrong. But I, I think the one thing that everyone on the right can agree on is that we are not going to win another election unless we start like tackling the, the, this early voting stuff. You know, not it doesn't mean we have to like ban it all right away, but if you think about something like ballot harvesting, right? It's where, it's where you go around door to door. That people's ballots, you know, it's very easy to see how you know the Democrats take advantage of that, and you know, and maybe gain some shenanigans. So people on the right need to, the independents too, you know, just need to get more involved in ballot harvesting and making sure that 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 that, that they think people of integrity will will collect these people's ballots and make sure that their votes are counted fairly. Yeah. Um. You know, it, because you know, better to trust us. Then trusting Democrats to make sure that, 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 that these votes are all being counted fairly, you know. So absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the prescription to every everything that every COVID measure resulted in exactly what the Democrats wanted all along. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's like, what, what, what a shame. What a shame. Locking people at home, printing, you know, five trillion dollars on top of the already bloated budget. Universal mail-in balloting, you know, giving governors extraordinary, extraordinary emergency powers that they still have now for some reason. It's like all of these things were exactly what Democrats wanted the entire time. It's like what a what an absolute yeah. joke. And they were open about it too. Like, I oh, remember yeah. Gavin Newsom saying how the Gavin Newsom and others saying how like this was this this was the time to basically like. Put out the progressive vision, you know. We have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to, yeah, transform society. Yeah. Yeah. Never let a crisis go to waste, you know, as Ron Emanuel infamously said. Right. Aaron, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. Let's do it again soon. Uh, Where can everybody follow you online? Keep in touch. Read your stuff. All that good stuff. So you follow me on Twitter at at Bandler's Banter. Um, I'm a full-time writer for the Jewish Journal, you know, covering a lot of things on the Israel anti-Semitism beat. I'll be up that a lot of things happening on, on, on that front right now, especially since I just got back from covering a pro-Israel conference in Texas. Um, you know, but but, but I you know I talk about other things as well, and you can find it all there. Um, 
give the give me and the Jewish Journal a follow. Lots of good content there. Absolutely. Everybody follow Aaron. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Thank you.